Welcome to Basically Famous Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Schuster, and I'm so excited to share stories and interviews with you each week with those who are basically famous in my life. I believe these extraordinary people have great stories to tell, and I can't wait to share them all with you. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Welcome to this week's episode. Well, hey, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Basically Famous. I'm so excited to have Natalie with me today. I met her. She zoomed in during COVID to an SGA meeting, and I remember thinking, wow, this girl has the cutest Zoom background, and so (laughs) I messaged her that her Zoom background was so cute, and I loved her decor, and we connected on Facebook and then kind of found out we have mutual friends, so we follow each other on social media, but you are just a woman of many hats, literally (laughs) and figuratively. I will tell you that I have gone to the best hat shop here in Fort Worth, taken a picture of you with a hat <laughs> on and said, what did Danny say? He's probably like, oh my gosh. I was like, this is what I want. <laughs> so I, I have a hat. I call it the Natalie that I got I shaped it. after something you wore, but you're a mom, a lawyer, a huge follower of Christ. You have a great faith and you share so many good things but you're just an incredible person. So thank you for joining me to get well, things thank started. You. I'm honored. I'm so honored. And I was, yeah, it was a treat to meet you. I felt like it was meant to be uh, when we became friends. So this is a perfect opportunity for us to chat. Yes. Well, to kick things off, just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, um, I'm Natalie Kaler. Uh, I live in Cranfield's Gap on a ranch with my um, parents. My sister lives right down the road. So we've been lucky to raise all of our children here um, in this little tiny six-man football town, Um, but I'm the county attorney in Bosque County. I'm on my fourth term, prosecute CPS, protective orders, um, and then I do all the misdemeanor work for the county, Um, but I also have a full-time mediation practice. I went through divorce in 2016, um, and I just decided like being a mediator was going to kind of be my ministry and how I could help other people that were going through the same thing figure out a way that wasn't combative to try to figure out their problems and that they could try to reach a resolution in a peaceful manner. And so since that time, I now do about uh, eight to 10 mediations a week. So it's been a huge blessing. Yeah. I get to work right here in this area. Pretty much. I do. Sometimes I'll do two or three out of the house, but most of the days I'm sitting right here and get to interact with people from about 39 different counties. So it's fun. Wow. Okay. On top of all that, you're also a mom. And yes, you your oldest is just started at AM and you're a huge yes. Aggie. So how excited are you? Oh my gosh, it was awesome for him to go to AM and he's having so much fun. But it was very hard on this mom to drop him off because he's been such a good kid and easy to raise. But it man, Friday was really, really hard when I had to drive back here to the ranch. Luckily, I'm only two hours away. And then Carson, my daughter is a junior. And then we have another daughter, Brindle, that's in um, third grade Atlanta. So that's so fun and such a fun age. And y'all are always doing fun things and you're going on trips. And I love yes. that you have included your kids in everything. Love to travel. Yes. 
Well, how did you get involved in agriculture and kind of the Western industries? I would say your style is very inspired by that as well. So yes. how did you get into it? Thank you. Um, so my dad was, we were fifth generation farm and ranch family in Frisco, which has now exploded above Dallas. You know, it's just massive uh, population growth. Um, but my dad was a farmer there. My grandfather, my great grandfather, my great great grandfather was. And then the development started to come. Um, and so we moved to the ranch here in Cranfield's Gap. My dad went to Charlton also. And so when we bought a ranch, we just drove out from Stephenville and kept going. And we found Cranfield's Gap in 1984. So um, never in a million years did I think I would live here in a 281 person town. But I am so grateful that I do. Um, but I showed steers. I was a state FFA officer, um, very involved in 4-H. Um, loved that I had that Western way of life and that agriculture background, always been raised around horses and cattle and stuff and the beef industry. Um, but then my dad was on all around performance horse on the cowboy channel, um, which he started. And, um, that was just another segue into kind of the fashion world, you know, being on RFD and Cow cowboy channel and things of that nature. It was a good way to, to learn about, um, different ways of life in the Western industry. So it was exciting. Well, as a lawyer, what made you decide to go to law school? How did you decide that's what you wanted to do? I think you have a very unique practice in that you have your little mobile office. I love so much. Yeah. And you are really just someone who kind of, you're like me, you have a hot spot, will travel, and you just make your schedule work to what you have going on in your life. Yes. I, I wanted to be a lawyer from like the third grade. I never didn't want, didn't not want to be a lawyer. I would say I always wanted to be a lawyer. And so um, I don't know if it was just watching Matlock when I was little or what it was, but those were my favorite shows. True crime, still one of my favorite things to watch. And I was just intrigued by being able to help people and um, always did speeches and stuff in high school and spoke a lot in FFA and did mock trial in law school and always knew that I wanted to use my voice to be able to um, do good for other people. And so that's why I wanted, I thought being a lawyer would be the best way. Plus I love to write and read. And so it just kind of was a segue into that. And then when I became my Zoom mediation practice really took off during COVID um, where I could do all these farm and ranch and rodeo type divorces. And judges knew that I knew about combines and tractors and horses and cattle and beef prices day to day. And so that message just kind of spread. And that's when I started doing like, I, I always put Texas rural mediation on my Facebook page because I truly feel like I'm the rural mediator that people should hire. Because even if they live in Austin, but they have a ranch property or something in the you know hill country, I still know about land prices. My mom's a real estate broker. My dad's a, a cattle rancher. I, my husband is a rancher. And so I'm able to kind of take all those things that I know and, and use them and it just kind of fit perfectly with my role as a lawyer with also being like a peacemaker personality. So worked out well. Well, you also have a huge heart for giving back. You're very active with FFA and in 4-H and just being, if someone needs a ride, you're picking up their kids and taking them. With you and, <laughs> and so what would be your advice to someone who's looking to start kind of giving back in their local community? Well, I, you know, when I moved here, Tyler, it was such a eye-opening experience to be dropped in this little town where everybody, if literally, if you haven't lived here for over 70 years, you're still new. Um, and so I found that the best way 
for me to get back was to, or get involved was to go to like the chamber of commerce. I went to rotary. I was president of our Republican club. I just kind of was that young person that moved here at 22 years old and jumped into the, the little town, um, community center dinners and went to everything, the pancake suppers, the spaghetti dinners, the sausage, you know, Sunday sausage supper. And I found that, um, the more people saw that I was really interested in being part of the community ingrained, and I wasn't just going to leave, um, then that message just kind of spread. And then as I've done statewide organizations, um, I served as Texas Young Lawyers president in 2011, 12 for the state bar of Texas. And that was another thing that I felt like was truly my ministry. Like God was calling me to do this so that I could stay in my little small town, but also I love good restaurants. I love fashion. I love to eat. I love to travel. And that was a way for me to kind of like give back, do community service, but also get out of just staying here all the time. Does that make sense? Where I could meet a lot of people and a lot of different perspectives. And so it was, it was really, really a good opportunity. And I tell young lawyers all the time, if you're not a member of a young lawyers association, you get involved. I'm constantly pushing out stuff for like Tarrant County young lawyers and, um, you know, Houston young lawyers, Dallas young lawyers. They, those are kind of where you can get with your people and they're, everybody in those groups wants to be involved in something, right? They're all little go-getters. And so then you get with your like-minded folks and then you, you kind of take off from there. Well, and I feel like it's a great, I mean, you live so, so far from other people in right. general, but also how many attorneys are in your town? So it's a way for you to connect with people, ask questions, talk about things that if you need help kind of figuring out how to approach something, you now have this whole network you've built to do that. Oh, and I know you see that with your with your life and the things that you get to do, but hundred percent what I tell baby lawyers all the time. And I tell them this, especially because I'm a mediator, I'm not going against them in court anymore, you know, so I I, I want to help them um, is reach out and talk to people and don't hesitate to ask questions. Like it's not shameful to ask somebody for help because we don't all know that's all the things you're not supposed to, you know, what do they say? It's, it's not my second rodeo or I haven't learned everything by my second rodeo. It's going to take like 40 rodeos in law practice to get where you need to be just to feel confident to get in there and do it. And if you've got somebody you can bounce off, like, is this a good idea? Should I do this? What do you think about this client? You know, what do you think about my support staff? That kind of stuff. Um, it really helps to have good mentors. It's critical in your life. I agree. Well, speaking of your life, what does a day in your life look like and kind of how have you created the balance and boundaries you have? Well, since I'm going to say since COVID and I mean, a lot of people took negative things away from COVID and I totally understand that there was a lot of loss and things that happened during that time. But for our family here at the ranch, it was a real turning point for us because we were able to really spend time together. First of all, we weren't, um, I was able to like go to my mobile office that you were talking about and homeschool the kids, so to speak. I had my nephew, my niece and my two kids while my sister, she sells real estate was off working. And a lot of people were buying real estate out here where we are because they wanted to get out of town. So I was able to have all four kids spend so much quality time with them. And then my stepdaughter was here too. And we were able to, to have her with us more often. And then that segued into a really important kind of a turning point in my career for mediation where I was able to stay home. And so I'm able to stay home now. And I, I didn't miss anything with Case and Carson's high school. You know, I was able to 
it's great. Like I can go run and put something in the crock pot and make sure dinner's ready. I can start laundry, have the dishes done. And then when everybody gets here, I've still been working, still been giving a hundred percent to what I need to, but I'm also here, you know? So as soon as they would get home at three 30 and they'd go ride horses or work with their animals or whatever it was they were doing, I would say, okay, I'll see y'all in two hours. I will be. And then I was always at the games on time and I could be wherever they want, you know, 4-H, FFA, whatever they needed. Um, and so my day-to-day -day now is staying here mediating. I usually do two cases a day. I do one from nine to one and then one to five. Um, and I usually do that usually five days a week. Some days on Fridays, I'll just do one case. Um, but then like tomorrow, I'll be in Stephenville for two in-persons and, and I'll do that in a row. But most days I'm here and I just I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be able to stay in my home and be here for my kids. I never, you know, I always heard about those Boston legal type law practices where you're working 40 hours a week. Um, plus you'd have to stay late to put in making it 90 hours a week just to make partner. And I will tell you a funny story. I was at a big firm in Dallas and I lasted about a week. And then I started reaching out to Stephenville and Waco. And I found um, a firm in Stephenville that I went to work for and worked there for five years. And it was totally God's plan for my life. Like I was able to jump right in the courtroom, start working um, get the experience I needed. He believed in me. Um, and then I was able to segue all of that into when I ran for county attorney and moved to my practice to Meridian. So it was really awesome. Well, serving in an elected position is tough. Uh, and my mom always says like, people want to complain about everything all the time, even when I yes. go to the post office and she's not even the elected official. My dad is, right. so you have, that just proves, I mean, you have a huge heart, not just for your family and your kids, but also your community and being involved in it and helping whatever it is that needs to be done. So what made you decide you wanted to be county attorney? Well, I, I saw a need. Um, there was an attorney that was going to retire um, and he'd run a contested race before. And then he ran again, feeling like he needed to come back and serve, but I knew he was only going to do one term. So I went to visit with him and he was like, you're perfect for this. And I had the family law background, um, but you're right. Your dad, I mean, your dad is in, we call it the little uh, fishbowl of the county because our county judge has a clear glass door and everybody comes there and to tell her everything that's going on. Luckily, I get to hide out with the district judge and county court at law judge in the annex. Um, and so my office there, um, you know, we can kind of like stay away from the problems, but I get to do CPS prosecution, protective orders, things that truly matter to our county and our community. And I cannot tell you how rewarding that practice has been um, to be able to be face-to-face -face and hands-on and in the courtroom with people that actually live in Bosque County and care about it, you know, and need help. People that actually need help. And they 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 don't complain. They're not griping. They just generally need you to help them. And that has been so rewarding. Um, I've loved every minute of it. And it's been such a great job to have while my kids were going through high school. Um, but at this point I'm, I'm going to retire soon. And I think it's, you know, 16 years in office has been a good run. <laughs> yes. 
Well, and my parents always have said now, like when they became empty nesters, the first six months, they weren't sure about it, but it's like the greatest thing ever. And they enjoy much more like getting to visit us or us come for a few days. Yeah, now you're their friends. Yes. And having the freedom to do with what they want. Like today, they're actually coming to Fort Worth for my mom to come to some training. But right. it's like we just have more flexibility because you're not around and I'm not going to pick up after you. Yeah. Well, we spend so much time worried about y'all's activities. You know, I told my husband the other day, I said, when the kids are gone, what am I going to do with myself? Like they've been my hobby, especially high school age kids. Um, and so I am looking forward to just being able to do my mediations and control my schedule and not have court, you know, two or three days a week um, where I I have to work around that. I can kind of take off, like you said, when I want to take off. And I think I'm looking forward to that chapter of life. Yes. Well, on top of everything we've talked about, you have the best fashion. Oh. Um, I love all the outfits you put together. And on top of accessories and hats, you just have a great sense of fashion. Well, that's so, a compliment. Thank you. How do you even approach shopping? What is your, when you're styling outfits together, what are you thinking of? For me, I'm an accessory girl. So yes. I start with the accessories, then I build the outfit. I love it. I used to be a huge accessory person. And then I will tell you, I really started going back to the 90s. Um, I'm an old school Banana Republic J. Crew um, classics. You know what I mean? My mom is always taking, I don't know if you remember Harold's, but that was a thing. You know, we'd get a pair of Cole Hans at the beginning of the school year and we'd go to Harold's and get an outfit and uh, we loved it. And so now I feel like when I look in my closet, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is stro straight out of the nineties, but I love a puff sleeve. I love a classic white shirt. Um, I love like old school high rise denim. Um, I kind of call it my, my husband teased me because I also wear a lot of bright, you know, bright colors. I like patterns too, but it's kind of a Bahamas classic, uh, South Carolina look. Do you know what I mean? I love that. So that's mostly when I'm putting things together in my head is, um, I buy, wear a lot of stuff from round top stuff that I find, um, at the antiques show. I'll shop a lot of vintage stuff. A lot of my stuff is vintage, um, furs and things that I'll transition and make into different pieces and mix with things that you wouldn't really expect. I also, like you said, I have, oh, so many hats. Poor Danny. He, he knows I send everybody to him at best hat store. Cause I'm like, Danny will fix you up. And all my girlfriends go to him. Um, but I love a good hat. I love a good boot. I have, I don't even, I'm scared to tell you how many custom pairs of boots, probably 30, um, you know, and so just mixing that Western influence with that kind of like old South look, that old classic, uh, school look is kind of what I, what I try to shoot for when I'm putting stuff together. Well, I love that you brought up round top. Yes. You are a huge shopper and goer and so how did you kind of get into that? And what would be your advice to someone wanting to go? It's my mom. So she is like, we call her the little mayor of Round Top. Um, so she has been going, been taking me and my best friend, um, Beth Timrocks Artwell and I have been going since 1997 with my mom, but my mom's been going since almost the first Round Top. And so she's been taking my sister and I and Beth for all these years 
And then she bought some acreage there and she has a house and she spends probably three or four days a month there. And so she knows kind of like all the ins and outs, which has really helped because now we know all the secret little spots because we can take our time. You're not like, okay, we've got two days to cover it. But if you do only have two days to cover it, I would say, you know, always, I love my girls at the Junk Gypsies. Jolie and Amy have been good friends of mine since college. I would always say start there, um, get a map, and they can also direct you. Just their whole environment and their staff is incredible. And they'll say, hey, hit this show, hit that show. But that was always a good jumping off point for us. And then you just can't go wrong in Warrington. Just go around and get in the junk. I mean, that's where I, I swear Beth and I, we look like grapes of wrath sometimes, Tyler, when we're leaving there. Because we've got, there's like no room in the car left. And we've had to cram Carson like down in the back, squish down in the back. Like move this couch and we're going to put this here. And I mean, everything behind you that you see here has probably come from round top. So um, and it's just such a good mix. You know, there's there's good mix of like Mexican stuff and vintage stuff and um, vintage clothing and just um, art and everything. And so I highly encourage anybody that hasn't gone that they have to go to Round Top at least once in their life. And you need to go for at least three or four days and then know that you're just not going to cover it all because <laughs> you can't. That it takes years to get. Yeah. Well, well, you obviously enjoy shopping, but what is something else or what is something you enjoy to do when you're not wearing one of the many hats you wear? What's your hobby? Travel. Yeah, I would say travel. I've always been a big traveler. My mom is a big traveler. She she went, I don't even know how many countries she went to this summer. Um, and what I've always respected about my parents is my dad never said like, oh, you can't go if I'm not going to go because I have to be at the ranch or I have to be on the farm, then you can't go. He's never been like that. He's always been so supportive of us seeing the world and learning about different cultures. And so they've always understood that I have this wanderlust that I want. And I love so much my husband, Blake, for being, letting me go do that and taking Carson and Case and Brindle to learn about these kind of things too. And so I would say that's one of my main hobbies. I also, I really love to read. So I read a lot um, all kinds of stuff, fiction, nonfiction. Um, but I've always got three or four books piled up, uh, on my nightstand. And I just think that's the way that keeps your brain sharp, you know, keeps you going and, um, and always be learning. So that's, that's always important to me too. Well, to wrap up today's episode, if you had a billboard, what would be on it and why? Um, if I had, I think I, my message would be you be you. Um, I think that's what my billboard would say. And I would want younger girls, especially um, high school age girls and junior high girls to know that you can be comfortable in your own skin, your height, your weight, you're beautiful in God's eyes. Um, and so you be you for that. Don't apologize for your beliefs or how you were raised um, your personality is formed from the people that you're around when you're little. I remember when I was young lawyers president, people would say, oh my gosh, this, this little rural country girl is our new president. Or when I was in Texas Lyceum, which was one of the greatest experiences of my life, they were like, oh my gosh, you have this most diverse background. And they're like, living in India in different places. I'm like, mine isn't that diverse, but it's just different. And so I never was I didn't ever want to dim my light just because I was a lot, you know, I'm extreme extrovert. I love to visit. I love to talk. I do have a big personality and my daughter does too. And so I tell her all the time, you be you like the people that 
know you and gravitate towards you are going to love you for you being you. That's who God made you to be. And so if you are an extreme extrovert or you do talk too much or you, you know, you are over the top, it's okay. You can dress crazy. You know what I mean? Sometimes I see people looking at my outfits and they're like, what in the heck is that girl wearing? But sometimes I don't even care. I'm just like, you know what? I, I am comfortable in who I am. And I know that the Lord made me this way, you know? And it, so I always want to just bring people in and, and hug on them and talk to them and love on them. And sometimes they're like, oh, I had a guy the other day, an attorney the other day was like, I'm not a hugger. And I was like, it's okay. And I hugged him anyway, you know? So I just was giving him a hard time uh, not to get in his face, but just, you know, now they love it. They're like, oh, here she comes. Here comes the hugger girl. Um, So I would always just encourage anyone, not just girls, but to you be you and be who God made you to be. Cause you know, there's only one of you and he, he sees you. Well, I love that so much. You are my, I feel like we are the same person. You remind me so much of myself, but before we wrap up, you know, you are such a huge woman of faith and you were just talking about you're fixing to have a conference this weekend for high school aged girls. How do you stay rooted in your faith and continuing to seek the Lord? Excuse me, Tyler. Um, well, it's easy to do when you have kids watching you. Do you know what I mean? Um, I really feel like I started that conference with my daughter in mind because she was going into junior high and I could tell that there was going to be a real struggle with social media was, I mean, I, I can't even imagine now if she was like 10 and we struggle with this with Brindle because, you know, younger and younger now is on a phone and an iPad and stuff. And we didn't let any, you know, we didn't let Carson have a phone. She was 14. Um, and I was that mean mother. Do you know what I'm saying? Where I was like, go to the office and call me if you need me. She's like, I'm the only one that doesn't have social media. Um, and so when I started the conference, the idea behind it was not only to bring these girls closer to their faith, but to have a place where they could sit and talk and be like, hey, I'm getting bullied at school or you know, I remember when I was in junior high and somebody called me fat or, you know, my hair was too curly or whatever the thing was. Um, and I wanted them to have a network of little girls that they could talk to to say like, hey, that happened to me and that's not true. And to say, when you're online, you be positive. You be the girl that says you're beautiful or I love your outfit or you have the best style or I wish we were friends or something like that. And I thought if I can just hit five or six of these little girls and they go back to even our little school at Crimple's Gap, then that'll carry over to other schools. And then it's just kind of grown and grown. And so my faith, honestly, I was always raised in the church. My dad's a deacon. I was baptized when I was nine. Um, always stayed faithful. I think at AM, went to breakaway every week in church every Sunday, no matter what we were out doing the night before. And I'm not saying we didn't have shenanigans and stuff, but we always were rooted so deep in that faith. And so I think with this conference, I was able to live it out. Does that make sense? I always knew that at youth camp and stuff that God was saying, you need a ministry, Natalie, you need a ministry, Natalie. And I always knew that public speaking was kind of my, my spiritual gift in my, in my heart. That's what I felt like it was, but I wanted to like be a missionary or something I knew was like tugging on me. Like I need to do more. And so when this opportunity to, to create spirit came up, it was like, ah, this is what you've been telling me, God, I can do this in Clifton, Texas, right down the road and influence, you know, 60 little girls between seventh and 12th grade. 
set a good example for them. And then they will go out and have that same message to carry out into their homes and their schools. Um, and I will tell you this, Tyler, it's not all just preachy, preachy. It's, it is Jesus focused. It's biblically based. Um, but we want them to talk to us and share with us like it, cause it gets, there's a lot of crying and there's a lot of talking about mental health. And we've had several girls come to us and say, look, I'm cutting myself and I need somebody to talk to, but I'm too scared to say something. And man, those kind of opportunities, when they start talking to you about that, that'll get you in the heart, you know? And so then you're like, okay, what are we doing next year? And it just kind of like grows because you see the impact that it's making. It's just, it's just really awesome. Well, that is so neat. And just your heart to serve is so big, but thank you so much for joining me. It's been you, so I loved it with you. Yes. I really appreciate you having me on. It's been a treat. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Basically Famous. I hope you've been inspired, challenged, and motivated to take on whatever today brings. Please be sure to follow us on social media at Basically Famous Podcast. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. We'll see you next week.